Please be advised that the following podcast contains content about death, grief and loss. Some people may find this content distressing. Please read our show notes before listening on. This podcast is not presented in a way that is suitable for young children. This episode of The Lost Mothers is proudly brought to you by Words and Pictures Photography. Beck, who is our resident photographer, specialises in the fine art of photographing newborns. She also captures children, families and pregnancy in the comfort of her beautiful studio or on her quintessential Australian property located on the banks of the Loddon River. Beck has recently been awarded her Portrait Master's Associate and is truly passionate about her craft. Beck aims to make each session fun and relaxed, all while achieving imagery you will treasure for your lifetime and proudly display throughout your home. If you would like Beck to photograph you or your loved ones in her emotive yet artistic way, please get in touch via the website www.wordsandpicturesdesignfusion.com or follow her beautiful work on Instagram at Beck underscore Words and Pictures. Welcome to the Lost Mothers Project, podcast and photographic essay to be developed into a book of loss, love and hope. Thank you for taking the time to listen to these important and powerful stories of the women who walk beside us. Please take the time to subscribe, rate and review wherever you are listening to this podcast. This helps extend our reach and enables more people to discover it. You can also follow The Lost Mothers on Facebook and Instagram. Today we welcome Nicoletta to The Lost Mothers. You may already know Nicoletta from her incredible business, Keepsakes by Nicoletta. In an ever-increasing disposable world, Nicoletta is passionate about creating heartfelt keepsakes that can be passed down for generations. Nicoletta works with precious materials such as hair, ashes and breast milk to create amazing jewellery and other sentimental pieces. These pieces are made with loving intention, passion and a deep understanding of human connection. Nicoletta humbly shares with us where her passion came from and the extraordinary ways that she has followed her heart, listened to her intuition and honoured the deep connection she has with her grandmother. She reminds us that we all have a special ability inside to listen to our heart, stay open and welcome the magic all around us. This is the story of Nicoletta. Today we welcome Nicoletta to The Lost Mothers. Nicoletta, Beck and I first came to hear about you and your work through a previous guest, Sally Crinitz. Sally was showing us a very special ring you created for her with her daughter, Lucia's Ashes. Fortunately, we met Sally in person and we saw this special piece, um, you know, with our own eyes and we were able to, you know, really look closely and have a touch and a feel. And um, we became fascinated with your work and have been following along uh, the beautiful keepsakes that you make for people around the world. Uh, but firstly, tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, growing up and how you came to creating Keep Sex by Nicoletta. Um, hi, thank you for inviting me on the podcast. Um, yes, yeah, so I worked with Lucia's Ashes. Um, 
Yeah, there was quite uh, an extraordinary story how I came actually to find out about Sally because um, um, I, I was in the meditation um, and I, I sort of like... <sighs> I went in my heart and I felt like something, some, someone was needing to talk to me. And um, I remember like being on a big field. It was a very green field and there was someone who wanted to talk to me. And there was this person like with short hair and, you know, um, she looked very much like Sally. And I was very, um, I, I was so stricken by this, you know, vision that I had while I was in meditation that I actually um, put it up on my pages on Facebook and on Instagram and somebody tagged Sally. And when I looked at her profile, I was like, Oh my God, it's her. It's the woman from my vision. It's from, from my meditation. And then I just messaged her just to tell her, um, you know, I'm sorry for your loss. I, I didn't have any intention of selling anything to her, but I just told her, you know, I'm, I'm going to make you a little gift um, because I really feel called to do this for you. And um, she did end up um, purchasing a few, you know, a few keepsakes from me. But um, yeah, there was, um, there was quite an extraordinary story. Mm. Yeah, that's incredible. Yeah, I have I have stories like that, and um, sometimes I just feel like I don't know, just angels bringing these people to me. Um, that I, I know that I can help, and I know that my work helps. Um, you know, grieving uh, not just parents, but you know, people from all. Um, categories you know it doesn't matter who you are um sometimes i think i say that my grandmother sends them to me um because she passed away and sometimes i think like oh she's probably having a little cup of tea and organizing orchestrating something up there <laughs> and um, when so a little bit about myself i come um, from romania i was um, born in 1986 which is communist romania um the uh, the reason why i mentioned this is because um the upbringing of a lot of children in those days was um very very difficult um my own mother my birth mother um abandoned me in an orphanage and um, my uh, paternal uh, grandmother saved me. She found me with the help of a private investigator and um, took me basically under her wing. Um, all my life, I thought um, that my mother actually passed away. Grandma tried to protect me from... Um, you know, thinking that I wasn't wanted. And um, I came to find out that um, my mother was actually alive when she came into my life when I was 15. I've often thought that there has to be a reason why I'm alive because um, with my mom coming into my life, I've actually also found out what she'd done and what she tried to do to me. Um, they, they basically tried to kill me. Um, I was born in uh, winter time at the end of October. So in the Northern Hemisphere, um, it's winter. 
and um, they they tried to um, get me to get pneumonia essentially um, because I was a girl and um, they didn't want the girls and they, um, the neighbors you uh, were telling me um, that they tried to let me naked outside in the um, concrete in the winter time and. I think when I when I found out about it, I tried to um, forgive my mother um, for what she'd done. I always wanted to have a mom, and the neighbors at that time they kept they they just kept telling me, warning me that this isn't the person that she's showing me to be. Um, that, that's why I know what's happened to me when I was a baby. And ever since then, I really thought that, wow, there must be a reason why I'm alive. <laughs> there, there must be a reason why, you know, angels picked me up and held me and I didn't get sick and I didn't die. And even though I went to orphanage, my grandmother managed to find me. And, yeah, I felt saved. Um I'm, I'm sorry, I'm getting a little bit emotional. Yeah, no, that's um, um, very understandable, Nicoletta. That's a very um, traumatic uh, it, time it's to really. Part of, yeah, it's a big part of my story. Um, and I, I guess what I'm trying to say is um, always growing up, I had these visions and these flashes of me being a baby. And um, I had dreams, I used to call them nightmares, about me just being abandoned and left on on something cold, like really, really cold, um, you know, uh, surfaces. And when I was 15, when I found out these stories, I was like, wow, this, this actually makes sense. I wonder if this was actually what happened to me when I was a baby. And um and then I started to have flashes from my past. And, you know, um, six-month-old babies, they don't have memories. But in my dreams, I'd always seen rooms and places. And I had experiences um, that I finally came to realize this was actually my past um, coming in front of my eyes. And then I realized that I must be having some sort of help from up above, you know, um, and I really struggle telling people that I'm gifted um, because I don't want people to think that oh, I claim to be some special person. It's different when you claim it and it's different when people tell you that you're special or that you have uh, powers um, and um well, when I was six years old, I remember telling my grandmother I was, that I wasn't born for this country. I, I just told her, Grandma, I'm not born for this country. And I remember it, this moment just being out of the blue, out of ordinary. And I had a vision of my past and me talking a different language. And um, then my then... Um, auntie uh, she was um english teacher at the university and she used to give private english lessons and i remember hearing her um speak english for the first time when she was looking after me while she was giving a private lesson and i was like wow this is like the language that i keep 
hearing that I keep um, dreaming about. Um, so later on, I found out about astral traveling. Um, so you're basically um, able to travel in the past as well as in the future. And I had a lot of um, events in my life that um, confirmed that I'm, I'm actually, I have the ability of um, astral traveling in the past and in the future. I can't tell, the, I can't predict the future. <laughs> I can't, it's, it's often out of my control. Um, I, I don't, try and get information i i usually just um receive the information when it comes to me and different links click <laughs> into each other and um so that was when i was six years old and i started to learn english i was so attracted to the language i used to um watch soap opera and um I would just like watch it and listen people talk. And although I was six, I was able to um, read because grandma was a primary school teacher. So she taught me how to read before I went to school. Um, so, yeah, I sort of self-taught myself to speak English. And um, when I was 12 years old, I went to Greece for the first time. And I, I remember um, just being like, oh, this is the country I was born for. And that's when my grandmother told me, well, do you know, we are half Greek. Um, your grandfather was Greek. And I was like, what? This is so, <laughs> so interesting. So there was another confirmation of me feeling like I didn't belong in, um, you know, in Romania. And it's not because Romania is a bad country. I just had this unsettling feeling that I didn't belong, that I had to be somewhere else. Um, and I remember when I came to Australia 11 years ago, I was at the airport and there was like that salty water from the ocean. And I remember just inhaling it and thinking, oh, yes, this is where I'm meant to be. And it was the same feeling I had when I went to Greece when I was 12. In that period, I used to talk a lot of um, gibberish. Like people used to tell me that, oh, this is so odd what Nicoletta talks about. Um, but grandma always, I don't know, she just believed in me. She always um, confirmed my feelings in a way. She didn't tell me, oh, you're wrong or you're stupid. Or, um, But I remember telling her, oh, grandma, one, one day I'm going to have my own business. Do you know? And she was like, oh, yeah. And um, I was telling her, yeah, it's going to be like, I'm going to change people's lives forever. And um, I, I even remember, like, it's so vivid in my memory, this conversation that I had with her, because it, it just felt real. It felt true. And I, I really couldn't deny it. Uh, so I guess that's how Keep Sex by Nicoleta started. Um, and I remember when I was talking to her, I was actually drawing. I was very, I was fascinated with drawing, um, with doing arts, with fashion design. And, and I remember telling her, yeah, grandma, and it's going to be called the by Nicoletta. And, um, and I told her like in English, not in Romanian, it's going to be something by Nicoletta. Um, and she always had this, nature of her just to tell me yes baby you're right yeah, that's, if, you, if you believe it it's gonna happen if, if you have it in your heart it's meant to happen for you 
And um, years went by and um, my father didn't actually let me go to art school, which was what I wanted to pursue. Um, so I went and I finished um, economics. I really love mathematics as well. Um, so I didn't suffer a lot, um, but I always had this calling in my heart. Something was missing. Um and I've always tried to make art out of um, mathematics as well. I used to say that oh, I speak seven languages and one of them is mathematics. <laughs> and um, um, when I came to Australia, I actually came on a student visa. I, I finished my second bachelor degree in accounting here. And um, to be honest, in a way, I think it's part of destiny, right? Um, if I was an artist, there's no way I could have come to Australia as an artist um, because my um, permanent residency was on a skilled migration visa um, as a qualified accountant. And um, yeah, I was actually a pretty good accountant too. <laughs> I don't know, even maybe because I had this idea that one day I'll have my own business. I was really passionate about business as well. And um, always, I was always passionate about like um, implementing ethical practices. And um, I always put case studies forward for businesses who succeed because of their integrity it's not always about we're not we're never talking about bottom line when we look at successful businesses you can always pinpoint to a place or a rule that they have um, that comes from a place um, of integrity and that is ethical and um, even now sometimes I just find myself you know um maybe interacting with some business and say, thinking to myself, gee, they would do so much better if they actually did this and this and this, and then they wouldn't have that many problems. And yeah. So um, when my um, first daughter um, was born, I had to go in maternity leave. Um, I was working at that time as a corporate accountant and you know, I worked since I was 15 years old. So it's, it was a brand new world for me to actually be sitting at home and do nothing. Um, I've been so independent all my life. And I don't know, we, we're probably funny for some people, but my husband and myself, we don't have common finances because it was always important for me to be able to provide for myself. Like it's a, I don't want to say pride thing, but. I don't like to depend on on someone. Um, so when I went to maternity leave, it was I actually got into a little bit of a um, depression um, because my grandma had also just passed away, and I was all alone. Um, I left from a, an abusive relationship two year or two years earlier. Um, so I had no family, no friends. Um, all I knew was just work. Did you find yourself um, thinking back to when you were a baby and um, the time at the orphanage and, you know, thoughts about your own mum as well in becoming a mother? Yes, that, that was... Um, there was that was actually a big part of what I um, 
started to be depressed um, because when I was 15, my mom said that she abandoned me because I looked, I, I was ugly like a crow. <laughs> and um, I actually saw photos of myself and I wasn't anything close to ugly. <laughs> uh, I think I, I was actually a pretty cute baby. Um, and the thing is, when I had my own child, I didn't know how to be a mom um, because I never had a mom. I had a grandma. I knew how to be a grandma. Um, I knew how to be an auntie. I knew how to be a best friend. But I didn't know how to be a mom. And um, yeah, sorry. Okay. Yeah, I, I, um, so there was a big. It, it was a big thing, and the thing is, like, um, I grew up with um, PCOS, polycystic um, ovaries, and I was actually always told that I'll never have kids. Um, so for us to have Catherine, she was actually a surprise and we were actively trying not to have kids. Um, so like I always felt like, oh, this must be a gift from grandma because I did feel like I was alone um, after she passed away. We used to talk every single day on the phone and um, I felt very lonely and um like, I always thought that I'll never have children because of my, I mean, I had doctors who told me, you know, I probably need to go through IVF. Um, so having children was not on my cards and I wasn't prepared for it. I never thought about how would I be as a mother, you know? And um, all of a sudden I had this baby and uh, I mean, she's the most beautiful girl in the world. But she was crying all the time and I, and I was never sleeping. And I thought to myself, oh, wow, this is really, really hard, you know, to be a mom. And I remember when I was actually in hospital, it was the second night. And they always say the second night. It's really, really hard. The child cries and cries and cries and cries. And I had quite a difficult birth with her. So I was very tired. And I remember this nurse, I started to cry thinking about my mom. And, you know, I was all alone in there. My husband came home. Um, they don't allow partners overnight, which I think it's a very silly thing, actually. Um, but anyway, and there was this nurse who came and she said, oh, I can hold the baby for you for a couple of hours. And I just started to cry. And I said, I'm not giving you my baby. I'm not going to abandon her. And she said, no, nobody talked about abandoning, but I just felt like I was abandoning her, that I couldn't, all of a sudden, was I my mom? Did Is, is that why she left me? Because I was crying? Or, um, yeah, the, the, it, it was a very difficult time, and then four months had gone past, and I was sitting at home, and, Everything was happening in my head and I didn't, Catherine wasn't getting any better at sleeping. I used to tell people, because um, they used to say, oh, you know, they, they just sleep, you know. I used to hear that some kids sleep, some kids don't. And I used to say, no, they're liars. I, said, I don't believe anything. All these moms who say their kids are sleeping, they're liars. They, they can't be telling the truth. I would have to agree. <laughs> 
Uh, I used to walk down the street at midnight, even now, sometimes I'm just thinking about it. Um, she just turned six in October, on the 4th of October. And I just thought, gee, I thought I'll never sleep that night again. <laughs> And then, you know, it was that point of four months old when she started to outgrow out of her clothes and I was getting, there was a new wave of being emotional because I thought, oh, she's not a baby anymore now. Like she's a big girl, she's a baby, she's not an infant. Um, She's still not sleeping. She's attached to my boob all the time. <laughs> and um, and now I've got to, like, now she's all grown up all of a sudden. And um, I don't know if um, if you ever heard, like, apparently when you're depressed, you sort of um, don't have as many memories from the times, um, you know, when when your baby is little. So I felt like, gee, I've got no memories of this past month. All I've done was just to, you know, put her to sleep, basically. And um, and I felt like I needed an avenue. I needed something to, to, you know, to do something else. And I thought, maybe I should just start my own business. Like I did, like I said, so many years ago. Um, and that would take my mind off you know, being all alone all day long. And I mean, I, I used to see my husband only 6 p.m. So he'd leave at 7, I'll be back at 6. And yeah, I did nothing else. So I, I really needed an avenue to earn money so I, could, so I could feel independent and strong again, but also to just take my mind off this spiral staircase that I found myself on. Um, as a bad mother I thought I was a really awful mother and um so I said oh okay what skills do I have well I'm pretty good at drawing and grandma taught me how to sew and to knit and crochet when I, I was six years old and so I I just took Catherine's clothes um and I thought, oh, gee, I could do something with them. And a mom in our mom's group said, hey, like, you know, with the baby clothes, you could make a teddy bear. Um, it's very popular in America, she told me. She um, And I said, oh, wow, that's like an amazing idea. And um, so I went into researching patterns, trying them. I've cut up sheets <laughs> or bed sheets <laughs> just to try different patterns and I, I was I felt like I was finally alive and um like that I was alive again and um it, it really brought purpose to you know to my life to do something else and um I found a uh, pattern that I was happy with. I modified it a little bit. And then I made Catherine's first teddy bear. And then I couldn't stop it. I I, I started to cut up all the clothes. <laughs> and then, yeah, and I made, um, I mean, all of the ones that she outgrew out, out of. And um, I started to make blankets and teddy bears. And then I put it 
I, just one day I put it online. So um, it was February 2016. Um, and people really got a lot of interest into it. And um, I live here in the Hills District in, um, in Sydney. So we have a group called Hills District Moms. And I put it up and there was so much interest. And people started to actually want to buy my keepsakes. And um, I soon realized how important it was for other moms to be able to, you know, commemorate that those first months of their baby's um, life. And I realized that I wasn't actually alone in feeling the way I was feeling. And there were so many other moms feeling the same way as I did. And I started to make friends. It, it was really nice because I, I had the reason to get out of the house to meet people they were giving me their clothes and then I also started to get inquiries from people who lost their babies and I was like wow this is different and um, I, I felt all the emotions and I thought yes yes I, I really want to do this I remember the first inquiry I had was from a mom who lost her daughter to cancer and I just couldn't, then I realized how lucky I was that, you know, my child was healthy and I think I sort of snapped out of my depression too, because I realized how lucky I was and um, just to, you know, have my baby to hold her clothes. And I remember making, um, it was a blanket that I made um, with this little girl's um, clothes. Her name was Aisha. And um, I felt her energy when I was holding her clothes. Like, I felt her energy. And I was like, wow, she, she must be around. Like, I, I, I remember like, I had that feeling like, oh, she's around. She's here. And I felt all of a sudden that I needed to lit up a candle and um, I, I said the prayer and she sort of calmed down and she started to talk to me. And yeah, that, that was quite an extraordinary experience because that's when I, I started to remember who I was. And, um, and, and even now, if people ask me, you know, who I was, I probably don't have an exact, you know, response without making people freak out. <laughs> um, but it, uh, it was just so beautiful. I couldn't let it go. I said, I, I found my life's purpose. And, yeah, um, it went on for another two years. My business got um, quite popular here locally. And then um, I was going to uh, collaborate with um, Amy, um, who was doing breast milk jewelry. I, um, I was going to collaborate to make her a little teddy bear, and she was going to make me um, something with my breast milk. And we were sort of going to share our um, keepsakes on each other's pages. And um, I remember in 2018, so two years later, she shared that she was going to teach people how to do it. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. And I remember being, it was just a simple Zoom call and she was talking and there was like a voice in my head saying, you've got to do it. You've got to learn. You, this, this is your 
life purpose. And I just, while she was online, I just signed up to it. And then when we started to do the course, so that's Amy McGlade from um, Baby Bee Hummingbirds. She doesn't craft anymore, but she taught a lot of people how to create their own keepsakes. But I remember when I made the first bead, I had that sensation and I made it with the girl's breast milk. And I thought, oh, wow, this is next level. Like, I really, really loved it. And then in my mind were all these flashes um, and from from the future. And I, I saw all these things, like all these people coming to me to help them and crying and then being really happy um, because they had something to hold on to forever. And, you know, there's just a sense of realization when you just go like, oh, all, all this makes sense now. You know, like all these ideas you, ha- you you have in your mind and all these things you sort of, you know, imagine and dream and then all of a sudden it's it's it. All, it all makes sense, you know. Um, and so I couldn't stop it. I went and I did the jewelry course. Even now, um, like every every term I do a jewelry course. I, I have three girls at the moment, so I can only find time to do one um, one every term. And it's usually at night between 6 to 9 p.m. And I just really love, um, love learning more how to do things better, you know, how to, you know, just new techniques. And, um, yeah, it just it grew so much. Um, I actually had to stop sewing. Um when I had my second baby, I had a really bad um, back pain. And I remember being um, kneeling down and making all these beautiful blankets. And I was almost nine months pregnant. Like I worked until the day I gave birth. Um, but I, I had a really bad um, back pain. And I actually had an injury. Uh, I had to go see a physio and see a doctor and it turns out because I had the scoliosis as a child. So apparently because of this pregnancy, um, something happened there and I, I was no longer able to sew because I was no longer able to sit. It's just a certain position you have to sit in when you're sewing. And I actually felt quite sad because, um, sewing connected me with grandma. Grandma taught me how to sew and it's part of our, um, you know, history, I have a costume uh, that is a hundred years old that my great-grandmother made for me. Um, and <laughs> she <laughs> made it for me. She made it for the family. And then it just got passed down through generations. And grandma used to always say that, oh, this is yours. This is going to be yours when you're, not, you're, when you're going to grow up. Um, and... Um, yeah, I was quite saddened <laughs> that I was no longer able to sew. And I still get people asking me if I can sew. And, um, yeah, it's it's very hard because um, Natalie was born 4.6 kilos. Um, so I had, and I had a lot of um, liquid. Then uh, I was actually close to dying. And <laughs> uh, I remember when I was, I was in labor with her, a lot of things went wrong. And all of a sudden like I had this light that came through and it was um it was an angel and grandma was there and my husband was always very reluctant about 
me talking, you know, woo-woo stuff. Um, but he reminded me, you know, the second day, he was like, oh, do you know you actually spoke? Like you were speaking in different languages. And, and then you said it was your grandma and it was an angel and you were like fixated in a point. And I told him, yes, that was actually real. So he, I'm actually having shivers on my hands. Um because like the angel was telling me it's not your time to go like everything's gonna be all right just breathe in and it turned out all right um it it was a weekend and all of the bigger doctors were in c-section amphitheaters um for eight hours so nobody saw me until eight hours later and yeah, I, I was saved. And there was not it, that feeling that I'm here for a reason. Um, even grandma used to say, you know, oh, I'll just live for however long I'll be needed. Um, if I have a purpose in life, I'll still be here when my journey is finished and I have no longer anything to do or to help anyone, then, yeah, God will take me, you know, and, you know, I'll just go up in heaven. And um, I remember feeling that way then and every day, even now, I I feel the same. If I'm needed, I'll be here. And, um, yeah, even with my work that I do, I often get messages from people telling me, never stop what you're doing. Thank you for, you know, um, healing us. And it's amazing because now I'm like in my little studio and I can do all things that I feel like doing. And I, sometimes I just put my hands on on a piece and I feel like that particular piece needs extra love, extra energy. And I really love it when, I get the confirmation, you know, when people tell me I opened it and I could feel all this like sense of serenity and 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 calm all of a sudden. So it makes me feel good in, in a way that you know I'm not just imagining it. It's it's real, it's true, and people are telling me about it. Yeah. And you that, work, um with you um create your jewelry with ashes and breast milk and hair, including animal hair dehydrated center, umbilical cord, flowers, sand and soil. Um, yeah, you work yeah, with we, a range of very special elements. Yeah, any dry inclusions, yes. So um, sometimes we have customers who say, oh, I, I buried um, my dad, my mom, my pet, you know, my child i don't have anything and i said oh is there like a flower growing or there on their grave or um you know you can pick just a little bit of dirt and you know send it to me and i'll work with that or um you know locks of hair um but not not everybody thinks to you know get a lock of hair and you know to be honest um i've experienced close to that experience for my own child um, last year in 2020, I had Maya. And it's very interesting because I always knew that I one day I'll have a child named Maya. Um, and we had Catherine and we had Natalie. And then I was like, all right, I suppose Maya's not meant for this, you know, lifetime. And then we felt pregnant. Like, again, it was so out of ordinary. Then it, it was a surprise. Um, um, I was on a pill and yeah, I just feel pregnant with her. And um, 
anyway, Maya was born with uh, a con- um, heart condition. We knew nothing about it. <laughs> and um, what is funny is like we were in the same birthing unit. as the one where I gave birth to Natalie. As my husband is, was telling me like, this is the same moment, you know, um, you gave birth to Natalie. And um, uh, we didn't know anything because Natalie was so big when she was born. We had um, a lot of tests and scans to make sure that she doesn't grow as big. Um, they said it's very dangerous. The baby can get, you know, the elbow stuck. Um, a lot of complications can, you know, um, happen for both mom and baby when the baby is that big. And so we had um, a lot of scans and nobody saw anything. They only saw that I had a lot of um, liquid um, and and pretty much that's it. I had a check the week before Maya was born, but they said, oh, it's just on the upper limit of normal. And um, it was the easiest birth of all three of them. When she came out, she wasn't, um, sorry, <laughs> she wasn't breathing. And she wasn't, um, she didn't cry. Then they made, tried to make her cry. And, um, Eight minutes later, they said, oh, we've got to take her to ICU. And initially they thought because she came out so quick that she didn't swallow, um, sorry, that she didn't, um, you know, that liquid from the stomach and from lungs, it didn't come out. So they tried, initially they said, oh, two, three days, she'll be out. Um, We actually ended up being in hospital for seven months. Um, She has like a congenital heart disease, so she ended up having the heart surgery and um, I, I, we were palliative and then we weren't palliative so we had a lot of coming back and forth and I, I remember just thinking to myself like going to hospital every day it was really hard because I had to go back and forth between the kids I cried living from home and I, I cried living from the hospital and it was through COVID as well. So we weren't allowed any visitors, only one parent at the time. So I felt very, um, very alone in those moments as well. Um, but I remember just thinking, oh, well, like, this is how it actually feels like to lose your child. <laughs> because we we were told so many times that um, she's not going to make it. Um, and... Um, I just had that feeling of wanting to send all of the moms who've ever lost a child like so much love. And I tried to, you know, to take in all of those feelings so I can understand. So sometimes I just wonder whether that happened just for me to know exactly how it feels. And um, Maya is home now. She didn't pass away. Um we still have a lot of uncertainty around her health. Uh, she has a very rare um, syndrome um, that is not hereditary, so it doesn't get passed from parents to children. It's just the type of, in the in the gene, it's called um, church syndrome. So she still doesn't swallow, um, which is 
uh, at the moment fed through a peg. She's got the facial palsy and um, severe hearing loss. But um, she's home and... You know, I have, I often have the same feeling about her, the same way I had the feeling about me. You know, I was saved and I didn't die for a reason. And I think I feel like Maya is here for a reason. And she's definitely taught us a lot of lessons. And she's taught me, um, she's taught me so much. And I feel just knowing that close to death experience that it was like, wow. That was quite quite amazing, uh, amazing, and um, I I remember when Grandma passed away. She had um, sorry, <laughs> um, she had like a heart attack. Um, she was eighty six, and you know this was her secret. She never told me about, um, but she felt like she had to share it with someone. And she said, you know, baby, I lost, before your father, I lost a few, um, a few babies. She never told me how many. I don't know. I, ne- I really never felt um, like I was meant to ask. Um, but my father was an alcoholic. So I think all my life, I always told her, why do you keep, you know, just accepting him back and all you know, just doing all these things for him. And she was like, but he's my son. And I remember um, before passing away, and it was like our very last conversation, she said that she felt like this was a cross for her um, because she lost those babies. And I said, but this isn't like your fault. And then I realized how, you know, skewed the vision was, you know, back 80 years ago, if you know, if you lost a child, you were somehow guilty of something. Um, but she said, out of you know, she said, I always wanted four kids, so she had three my father and my two aunties. And she said, And you were my fourth child, I always felt cold that I had to save you, like I couldn't save my other babies. Um, so and I was her rainbow grandchild. She's um, when she passed away. I, I was actually on a skydive experience, and I feel like my connection with my grandmother was on like a, a, a spiritual connection. We had to be together in this lifetime. Um, and when she passed away, I was at the skydive, and I knew she was sick, and I kept thinking about her. And I remember when I jumped out of the airplane. Um, the, the day was actually overcast, so it was raining under the, the skies, but above the skies, there was this beautiful sun. And I remembered that I really love Oprah. And I remembered Oprah saying, oh, the sun is always there. So even if it's raining, even if it's a bad day, the sun is not gone anywhere. The sun is there. You just can't see it when it you know, when it rains, but then you get the rainbow. So um, every time I see rainbows now, I just think about her. And anyway, I remember just, um, you know, jumping out of the airplane and seeing the sun. And I was like, wow, yes, the sun is always there. Like it just felt like she was talking to me. And then I felt like she was on, on my, and I looked on, on the direction and I was like, oh my gosh, she's, and then I saw her when she passed away. And um, I mean, we're 24,000 kilometers away and 
that's when my um, spiritual antennas, to call them that way, opened up because she was there and it, I, like, I couldn't deny it. Um, and I knew that that's when she passed away. She came to say goodbye and she came to say that, you know, she loved me like just in a spiritual form. Um, when I got down um, and I'm, you know, recollected myself. I actually couldn't open the phone because my phone was shut and I really couldn't, you know, open it because I, I knew she actually, um, I knew that she died. And so I, I went home. Um, the skydive was in Wollongong, so I came back to Sydney. I couldn't go home. I was just dating my now husband. And I, I told him I need to come. I, I need to not be alone when I opened my phone because I had this experience. And when I turned my phone on, sure enough, the message was there from my aunties to tell me that um, grandma passed away. And I looked at the timeline, like, you know, how when you, you see the time and you get the message. And it was exactly that time when I jumped out of the airplane. And um, there was, yeah, there was quite an incredible, yeah, incredible experience. Mm. Yeah. So... <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, I talk so much. <laughs> no, no, no. You've, that's, you've told that so beautifully. Yeah, thank you for sharing. Yeah, that. thank you for sharing. Um, I have to ask, do you have a keepsake of your grandmother? Well, um, no. And I'm going to tell you why, because I never had anything of hers. And I always told my aunties. So there's there's another miracle I'm going to tell you about. Um, all I have is this um, costume that I used to always dress up in when I was a child. It was made my, by my great-grandmother. And um, um, she gave it to me in 2013 when it was the last time when I saw her face-to-face. Um, and, she's, and, and every other year I used to tell her, Grandma, I'll just come next year. Don't worry. Like, I'll give it to me next year. But her look and her face was... And, you know, her words were, no, this is the time for you to get it. And in that moment, we both knew that um, that was the last time we would see each other face to face. Um, And, um, you know, forward to this year, I had the little um, video session and photography session for my business with, um, with someone and... I always tell the story of the costume because it's the only thing that I have from, from my grandma. And, and I was like, Oh, I'll just show it to you. And I took it out. Usually I keep it in a frame. And, um, but I had it in a little box because I've changed the studio from the house into the, um, my studio now. I'm just, um, sort of in the backyard. I've, I've got my own private space now. And I was like, oh, I'll just show it to you. And I took it out and I put my hand through it. And sure enough, um, between the folds of the fabric, I actually found two strands of white hair. And I was so, like, to me, that was like a miracle. And I felt like she kept those. Uh, strands of hair secret until I was ready to make something with her hair and um, I've got it here it's actually sitting on my desk Um, I've got grandma's I've got grandma's photos with um, grandpa always looking down on me and um, 
and that's when they were older and I've got one from their wedding and it's sitting next to my singing bowl there with grandma's hair in it. I'm trying to put as much healing energy into the hair. Um, sorry, I just fixed it into the hair as I can um, because grandma had quite a difficult life. So I want to send her the healing energy before I make something. And I'm also designing a special piece. Um, it has to be really, really, really special for her, you know? Um, so I, I sort of feel of it as a masterpiece that I've, I'm, I'm working on it at the moment. And I, so I've only discovered the hair um, four months ago, like right before the COVID, you know, the second wave came. And um, I also found the little strand of hair of my little dogs um, that I had. So I had I had a little dog that I grew up with. Um, I was 15 and she was 15 when she passed away. So we basically, like, I didn't have brothers and sisters, but I had my dog, Debbie. And I found a little strand there as well. So um, it is very, very special. So when I'll create something. I'll, um, I'll definitely share it with everyone. It's I always talk about this costume and how special it is. And yes. How amazing that she just, you know, kept it secret and it didn't get lost until I was actually ready to make something with it. Yeah, we can't wait to see what you create. Yeah. <laughs> um, we're just going to talk a little bit about um, the process for someone wanting to make a keepsake, like a ring, for example. Could you just talk us through that? Um, so the process starts with firstly being ready to have a keepsake made. Um, sometimes we have, um, you know, people coming and sending an inquiry. And, you know, I have to say, sometimes I feel like they're not ready. They're not at that stage yet. So it's okay to take time um, to feel ready to have something like that made. I'm not going anywhere. As long as I have a purpose in this life, I'm going to be around. I'm going to be here. Um, I'm not going back to accounting. I'm not switching business. I know in my heart this is my purpose. So I'm not going anywhere. Um, when um, when people feel ready to order something from me, they can place some. You know, they they can send us messages. I have an assistant. Um, her name is Lauren. Where she's always helping me with all the inquiries, and um, I'm also answering um, messages and emails. When you are ready on a design, um, we also make custom designs, custom pieces. Um, then, you know, I had to make a private listing if it's a custom design or you can purchase something that is on the website. With the rings, I send ring sizers out. We want to make sure that um, the jewelry that I make, it's, um, you know, fits the person that um has to receive it so that's why we we have a little bit of a wait time because we make every single piece to order um and then they can send us um their precious inclusions whether it's a little bit of hair or a little bit of ashes we only need a quarter of a teaspoon of ashes um for for the resin stones we have Two type of stones that we make at the moment. We have the resin stones, um, which is jewelry grade resin, and the integrity of the stones is like pearls and opals. Um, so um, 
you need to, you know, protect from uh, harsh chemicals and, you know, like if you wash dishes. I mean, I, I would honestly not wash dishes with a ring that contained my grandmother's ashes in it. But we feel like we have to let people know, um, you know, um, what the uh, care instructions are. Um, another option are the our Mevisto gemstones. We actually work with the company in Austria. It turns um, ashes and hair into um, sapphires and rubies. We have the certification for every stone. Um, you know, that is made and, um, you know, the girdle gets engraved with the ISO number for each stone. And then whether I made the um, a resin stone with the ashes, with the hair or breast milk, you know, we had people who lost loved ones who had breast milk, um, you know, as a mom. Um, when you give birth to your baby nature, and I think that's the hardest thing. And, I experienced that as well when I was told that, you know, just be prepared. Your daughter will not make it. You're better off um, to stop expressing um, because it's going to be very, very hard when she's no longer around and you're still making breast milk. So that happens a lot. Um, but, you know, we, we make it sick for moms who haven't lost their babies too. And, um, you know, like sometimes people tell me that, oh, don't you feel sad to be surrounded by death all the time? And, you know, and my reply was like, I'm not surrounded by death. I, this, death is not around. <laughs> um, I'm surrounded by life. And, you know, there's so many stages of life. And um, sometimes I may sound morbid, but, you know, if there is one thing that we are certain in, you know, absolutely 100% certain of in this life is that we're all going to, die at some point so i'm i'm not surrounded by death i'm surrounded by life and we celebrate the lives of people whether they're still around or um not anymore and you know i actually believe in um i i i, I got this thing from Oprah, um, we are uh, spiritual beings having a human experience. And I actually believe that we're here to learn lessons, to go on, I don't want to say the next life, but another life where we learn new lessons. Um, so I, I want to also... Um, sort of send this message to the people who lost loved ones and they feel like, oh, they're no longer around. It's just they're no longer around in a physical, um, you know, in a physical presence. Um, but when we talk about um, us as beings, we are actually 95% energy and 5% flesh. Um, you know, um, visible matter. So when somebody passes away, that 5% is gone, but the rest of 95%, it's still around. And um, I always think back at my grandmother where she used to say, oh, I'm just sending all of my prayers to you. And I used to tell her, thank you, Grandma. I can, all, I can feel them coming to me. And, you know, the prayers, the love, um, the, you know, the thoughts of, um, you know, of, you know, loving someone, 
um, our energy and energy, like I said, is that 95% that never dies. So um, I came across a meme one day that said, you know, your grandmother's prayers are always going to be with you. And I actually really felt that like in my bones because her love is still surrounding me and um, the love of the, you know, people who pass away, it's always um, going to be around, you know, um, we say we the grief grief is the price we pay for um loving someone deeply um so i think if there's a word that i can give people who are really suffering right now and um oh i can feel it sorry <laughs> i'm sorry um you you are loved Oh, whoever left you behind um, loves you. It's still there. You just have to close your eyes and to feel the love. It's there. It's never gone. It's that's why sometimes when I craft, like I have this like feeling that oh, they're here <laughs> and I'm being watched over. <laughs> oh, and some um, I probably sound crazy, but um, yeah, sometimes I'm like, oh, you're watching over me, huh? <laughs> 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 you want- Sure, I'm doing a good job. Yeah, just making <laughs> and, uh, proving their pace. <laughs> yeah, we we actually um, when we make the stones, we always send photos to our customers to make sure that um, they're happy with uh, with their keepsake. Um, you know, I don't want. I'm I'm not here to create something that's gonna sit in a cupboard. You know, that's gonna be like, oh well, there was a you know sad. Purchase. I, it's, you know, um, I create because I want people to wear their, keep, their keepsakes. And um, probably from a business point of view, you know, the bottom line thing, it's um, not always same. Um, but, you know, I, I would be actually devastated to think that anybody got something made by me and they weren't, they weren't happy with it. And I think actually with, like, I actually, Sally, she wasn't happy with um, with the first set of stones that I made for her. And I said, that's fine. I'll just make them for you again. Please don't, you know, don't worry. And, um, yeah, that's, and, and I made the stones for her ring. Mm. And that just goes back to that integrity that you spoke of earlier as well with business. Oh, and Yeah. 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 And like I said, like my purpose in life is to make a difference in people's lives, not to make them sad. Like, um, yeah, if, if I was to ever cause any pain to someone, um, that, that would actually, um, make me pretty sad. And yeah, that's not what I want Mm -hmm. people to experience when they encounter me. You can Mm -hmm. see how much, uh, life and passion um is within you when you talk about um you know the the people that you're working with or the materials special sacred materials that you're working with um you can see that yeah it's not um if you ever had that reaction yeah dealing with that you're dealing with something sad you can really see uh the life um that you you can see and feel I have to say, like, I'm so humble, you know, at, at the end of the day, I'm just a stranger on the internet, right? So for someone to, um, you know, put all of their trust in me, in my hands, and, you know, in my work to, 
you know, pay me for it. Um, it's it's so humbling you know i can't like i, I always just um you know people message me and they say thank you for what you do and like i'm just like thank you thank you for trusting me and thank you for your you know message and for you know telling me how that made you feel because you know at the end of the day um you know sometimes uh it's rewarding, you know, to, to know that I'm making a difference. And that's what I always wanted since I was a child, to make a difference in the world. And I, I never knew under, you know, what capacity um, that would happen. Um, but it, it, it feels, yeah, it feels on purpose. Yeah, it, it feels very com- humbling. I can't, I don't even have other, I don't have another word. I always yeah. go to humbling, yeah. Thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> and um, obviously the people that um, are getting you to make keepsakes would give you a little bit of information about the person that you're working with. Mm. I, I really love it when people share their um, stories with me. Uh, when every time when I sit down um, to create, um, I you know, I have my candles and my lights and my music and my crystals um, but there's nothing better than actually reading the story and uh, often uh, people will send me photos as well and that, that's actually my reward when I just sit down and I read the story and I'm like wow I feel like a part of their family now you know like it's just so intimate and so and um, and so special and I, I'm actually thinking about um a very recent ring that I've made for a family and their daughter was shy of turning 18 um, this year and she actually passed away from a um, very long battle with cancer and the father sent me a letter he he wrote it and um, he said oh you know this is the biggest gift our daughter gave my wife um, because she actually chose the ring that you make that you're making with her ashes in it and this is the greatest gift she you know gave us as parents um that you know she knew about it and she chose it and she wanted her mom you know to have this in her memory and um i remember reading and i was just like washed with so much grief you know with so much pain for the parents um but also gratitude because she was here um yeah she watched over me she was very um she she had to make sure that um i made the stone right for the ring for her mom and um it's uh, i don't know how to say it yeah it's 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 incredible, yeah. I I um, you know, in Romanian culture, and I think um, in in you know, there's there are other countries in Europe uh, who have this tradition. Um, they say when the child is one years old, um, they have the cutting of the hair tradition, and um, basically, you know, you cut a little lock of hair, um, and 
everybody who comes to celebrate the first birthday um, will bring different gifts for the child. And it has to be like various, not like toy gifts. It has to be, I don't know, um, probably these days a phone. <laughs> um, I don't know, keys, just just random things, a glass, you know, a bottle of perfume or, you know, just things that you normally use in your day-to-day life. So gifts, in you know, in, in that sense. And then they put the child in the middle of this pile of, you know, random things. Like It could be money, it could be, you know, books, it could be anything, shoes or... And um, they say whatever the baby will pick. Um, it will be their destiny, you know, it's their life purpose. And, um, you know, when, when the older we grow, the less conscious we are of our higher self, of, you know, our spiritual being. Um, but, you know, they, they say at that age, um, they still know the purpose, why they came into this life. Um, so, whatever they choose that is their message you know this is your purpose and i remember all my life thinking god jesus why why did i um because i picked pearls and i picked um i picked the paint brushes the colors and i picked the tools and like there were like um there was like a little toolbox like for men you know and uh is i think when i was drawing and um you know doing you know art arts things when i was a kid i I really felt very happy and i kept thinking oh yeah yeah, that's why i I could never really understand why pearls because in all honesty i'm not a pearl person i'm really not attracted to pearls but yeah i was always handy with you know with doing things and i remember when i took my jewelry course when i you know started and learning how to sew and how to and i I had that moment when i was like Oh, I get it now. I actually get so much enjoyment and so much, I don't know, like I would do it forever. <laughs> you know, people tell me, oh, have some free yourself time. And I'm like, yeah, that's my myself time. <laughs> uh, I, I would do it for free if I didn't have to pay bills, for example. You know what I mean? Like I would just, you know, if if um, sometimes if I have to be by myself, all I have to do is just come in my studio and and work, explain a little bit that purpose and um, you know, um, the spirit knowing why you're here, and then when you're doing it, you you sort of realize, yeah, this is meant for me. That's why I'm here. So um, yeah, just to have that type of experience, it's it's very 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 special and i know a lot of people they don't get to do what they would like to do and you know they go to work and they're sad and work because they have to and um yeah I, I i really feel like i'm very very lucky yeah so that's where my passion comes from <laughs> it's it's passion because it's real you know because it's yeah it's what i'm meant to do it's yeah yeah that. And it, yeah, your creations are just amazing. Yeah, they are. Um, I can't stop scrolling through them. <laughs> yeah, same, same. Um, and, and I guess, um, I guess Beck and I are sisters, and um, our mum uh, probably from a young age taught us a fairly strong passion for jewelry. 
and precious stones. And um, but not only that, she also um, you know, there was always meaning behind a piece of jewelry that she yeah. gave us. And um, so I think yeah, seeing your work is um I think it's very special because people jewelry is something that your eye is always drawn to. It's something that people often comment on. And if it's something um, you know, that's relating to someone that's passed, um, then it just get, opens up that conversation that you can start to talk about them and um, you know, there's pride in in it being with that person and uh it's just um, it is yeah, a very special thing. You wear jewelry on 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 your skin as well. <laughs> it's like straight on your body, right? Um, mm. And uh, to to be honest, actually, um, you know, Kipsing jewelry has been around for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of um, years. And um, I'm actually really drawn. Um, you know, there's a lot of Victorian era pieces that are really made with um, with skin. Um, with uh, hair, with ashes. So there is so much proof that people have always worn um, keepsake jewelry in memory of their loved ones. Um, and it's it sort of sometimes whenever I see a really old piece of jewelry um, that is, you know, hundreds of years old that contains someone's hair or, you know, um, it sort of makes me wonder like, oh, so maybe one day when I'll no longer be around, um, you know, people who have jewelry made by, by me, they will tell a story about the person who was remembered and maybe even though it's a great great grandmother um yeah i have a feeling like people will hold on these special pieces they're not going to go to the pawn shop right um and yeah i i have this feeling that, that um yeah I, do, I don't want to sound like you know i'm making myself really great but you know it's just like my mem my memory is gonna be alive forever too. I'm gonna be around in spirit. <laughs> I'm not gonna be haunting people, but I feel like um you know like the the love that I put in the you know healing energy that um goes into each piece. You know my ninety five percent it's in each one of my creations, um and it will be around for a really long time. <laughs> so I, I really love that idea as well. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, what's mm. the feedback been from some of your clients about aiding in the healing process as well? Like I'd imagine that would be one tool that would, you know, aid in the healing. And even with like the DIY kits that you do, um, obviously the, the client has to make it themselves. So, yeah, what's been the feedback around that? So when when I decided to offer the DIY kits, I actually wanted to give this gift of creating to people. Um, it, it was so much about, oh, you know, you know how I told you about this experience that I get when I create and I've got a little candle there. And I can't, like, really, I can, I'm not even lying. <laughs> um, I think a lot of times people will be like, whoa, but, um, I can actually sense the spirit of the person who is around me, you know? And so I, I felt like offering the hope 
opportunity for other people to feel that it's really really special and when you're doing it for yourself um with your loved ones ashes or hair or you know um breast milk i think it would feel so much more heightened right um because it's your own it's not somebody else's um so the the feedback that i received was exactly what i expected that you know thank you for offering us this opportunity to create and you know to have this experience we had people who created on their anniversary of their loved ones passing and you know they had their little photos and thing on the uh, on the table they even had a little wine which i think oh, that, that that's amazing i thought oh gee i should probably get the glass one and two and you know <laughs> chin chin <laughs> um, um and yeah people actually have told me even when they received something that i have made um i had customers who said um oh I had to wait for a perfect moment. I had to wait for the perfect moment when um, I was alone and it was all quiet. So I could take in, you know, everything that was going to come out of this little box with um, with jewelry in it. And um, I, I love when people notice every single detail because I always imagine how it would be like when they will open the box. Um, so I always try to make that experience, you know, as beautiful as possible. And um, it's always been, that's why I said, like, I'm, I'm, it's, it's very um, good to feel that people feel it too. That I'm not just imagining you know, they open the box and then the love they, they could feel that, you know, then the tears coming down. They're just words that people, you know, messages that people send us. I cried so much and I could feel all the love coming out of it. And I'm feeling so much at peace now, be wearing, you know, whether it's a pendant next to the heart or a ring, you know, on a finger, just being able to um, wear something that, you know, often it's a secret too. You don't have to tell anyone. And I think people love having a secret like that, you know, and people, I had customers who told me, oh, I know people come comment on my piece of jewelry, how beautiful it is. And I really love keeping it a secret that um, they don't know what it is. I think, um, yeah, some people would think that it would freak some out as well like oh your mom's ashes oh <laughs> um but yeah it's beautiful to have um to have something like that and yeah it, it, i'm it feels very rewarding when like i said i actually have a little file with um um with messages that people sent me and um you know I mean, I'm a human person, right? I said, I'm having a human experience. So sometimes maybe I have low days or, you know, I go and I read and I, I read those messages from those people who tell me that I'm making a difference in their lives and that they're feeling more at peace. And, you know, grief is always going to be there. When you love someone, you can't, you can't heal in a way that, oh, I'll, I'll never suffer again. Um, that's impossible. And uh, people who lost loved ones, they will know exactly what I'm talking about. And we also heal in different ways. You know, there, there are people who really 
don't get over the loss of loved ones for all their lives. And I'm thinking about my grandmother, you know, uh, she was never able to share her loss of her babies for 60 years. And, you know, then I remember, like I said, we were always taking that costume that her mom made, you know, handmade. And, you know, she always like sort of, you know, brushed it and touched it and held it and, um, I could see she was always talking about her mom. So, you know, um, you, when, when you lose someone, you, you don't just get over it. And, um, I, I don't want to claim that I, I, I will never claim that, you know, having a piece made by me will entirely wash over <laughs> all the grief because it might not might, it, it will not. But it, it will help in, it does help in, you know, dealing with those moments when, when you're missing someone, you have something you can, you know, sort of rub or touch or hold. And um, that's, that's really, really, really special. Yeah. Mm. So, Nicoletta, we ask our um, guests the final five questions. And, yeah, we're, we're going to do your final five uh, around your grandmother. So mm-hmm. how do you find the anniversary of your grandmother's passing? Um, uh, um, for me, for example, grandma passed on the 24th of April. Um, so here in Australia, it's Anzac Day. <laughs> I always feel like she's there with me, you know, um, this, I always think back to what she told me, you know, when I'll no longer be needed. Um, I, I will no longer be around. And, you know, like I said, it's uh, certain that we are all going to, you know, die at some point. And the thing is, as a child, I knew, like, um, that grandma would pass away before me, right? Like, she was 60 years older than me. So I always tried to prepare myself for a life of, you know, her not being around or seeing my children. So usually on her anniversary, it's a quiet day. Um, I usually free up my calendar and, um, yeah, I, I just think of her and the way, and I think of the ways in which I could, you know, honor her. Mm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know you've got an answer for this one. Do you experience any signs to know that your grandma is still with you? Yes, yes. Grandma is always with me and she's finally with me. Um, she's no longer 24,000 kilometers away. Um, every time I see a rainbow, I know it's her. Even this morning when I came, um, we had ballet class this morning with um, my middle daughter, with Natalie. And when we got here, I was thinking, right, now I've got to you know, go and have this interview. And sure enough, I opened the door um, for Natalie to get out of the car and there is a feather. And I taught the girls um, that, you know, when uh, feathers when you find a fed, it means angels are near. And I thought, oh, thank you, Grandma. <laughs> she always makes me, you know, she's always there. And I know she's, you know, she's, um, yeah, I always get the confirmation 
from her for everything that I do. And I'm also open now. So before I used to, you know, before I acknowledged um, what I can feel and sense and see with my own eyes, um, I, I was a bit scared, but um, I'm actually very happy that um, she's, she's showing herself to me in so many beautiful ways. Yeah. She's always with me. Yeah, her ninety-five percent. <laughs> yes, absolutely. You know, you know, you know what? Um, you know what? Grandma told me once when she just through, you know, after she passed away, she was speaking to, to me, um, in one of my special meditations. She said, "Oh, you know, it's the best part of being ninety-five percent." And I said, "No, Grandma, what is it? Oh, I can be everywhere at the same time." <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> that well, would actually I can be, handy, yeah. be handy in the five percent someday. Uh, isn't because it? Just, like um, we, uh, my my auntie. So I've got two aunties. One lived in New York for seventeen years, and then she moved to Romania. And then my other auntie, my father passed away. Um, there's a totally different experience that I had with him. Um, but you know, she's, she, like, she just, she was really, really happy, um, that, you know, she can be with me and with Doina and with Coco. And, <laughs> and so she was really, you know, that's the best part of being 95%. She can be in a lot of spots at the same time. <laughs> yeah. I love it. Um, you probably got many here, but what is one of your favorite memories of your time with grandma? Oh, uh, actually, yeah, when when um when I was a child and we used to do a lot of things together, she was a primary school teacher. So we we learned we learned a lot. I, I learned a lot from her. And even she used to say that, oh, all my life I'm going to learn. So that's why I say learn. We, that's why I say we, um, because we, like, like I said, I, I believe that me and grandma, we had a different type of connection, like a spiritual connection. We were meant to, you know, be in this lifetime together and learn from each other. Um, but, you know, to, just to take it back to science, um, Grandma told me the story about Noe, um, the arch of, oh, so in English it's Noah, um, the, you know, and um, she told me the story about Noah and that at the end there was the rainbow. And, um I just remember her telling the story so beautifully and, you know, um, whenever I'm in a really dark place, um, you know, she, she makes sure there's a rain. And when I see the rain, I'm like, I know there's going to be the rainbow after this one. Um, but for example, and it's again, it's an, it's an experience that I had after she, you know, passed away, which was like last year. And I remember I came from the hospital, Maya was very sick, still didn't know what was, you know, um, happening. Um, we gave Maya, um, um, like we baptized her, we yeah, uh, baptism in, in the hospital. And we came home and I remember like just carrying this beautiful dress um, that, you know, actually was given to me by um uh, by a friend and it, it was such a beautiful gift um <clears throat> and 
I, I remember just getting out of the house and above our um, above our house, like just surrounding, like just the, the whole house, just above the house, it was a double rainbow, and and um, and like, I, I remember I was in so much pain and just upset about the whole situation with my being sick, and it just felt like. She was telling me, you know, everything's gonna be all right. And and I remember thinking, thank you, Grandma, because I knew that, you know. So that was again an experience. It wasn't necessarily, you know, face to face, but um, she she was such a big part of my life. I, I think every single day that I was blessed, um, you know, to be with her, um, it was a great experience. Yeah, and she's still obviously yeah, very much a part of your life still. Yeah, she she is. And, you know, like, Grandma led with kindness and with so much love. And, uh, like, I always tell people, you know, um, she had her ideas and opinions. And I was a very opin- opinionated little girl. And I look at my oldest daughter and I'm like, oh, my God, this is, you know, my payback. <laughs> um but you know, like for example, if she she has to tell me, you know, oh, I think you know, this is my opinion, Nicoletta. You know, that we can do whatever you want, and you know, often I ended up doing whatever I wanted. Um, but if I was wrong, she would never tell me. See, I was right. In, you know, like there was just a kindness about her. She used to say, always to say, oh. Don't worry, everything's gonna be right. And she'll give me like cuddle, and it's like she just washed off all the all the pain, you know. And um, I don't know. She was like one of those grandmas from you know stories, from children's stories, like kind. And you, you really couldn't fault her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that is because she was my grandma. Like she just she was really an amazing. You know, you know, human being, and yeah, I just feel so grateful that she was, you know, mine and she raised me. Yeah. And, um, you know, the truth is, growing up, I always thought, oh, why are my parents, why don't I have parents? Or why is my father, you know, an alcoholic? Or why is my mom, why didn't my mom leave me? You know, especially after, you know, finding out that she was, you know, that she left me. And, and, uh, <laughs> I came to a realization that, you know, I wouldn't be who I am if those things didn't happen to me. So, you know, there's, it, it's really hard when you're in the thick of it, when you say, oh, there's a reason why things happen, you know, but really I would not be who I am and I would have not had that, you know, the, the same human experience if she wasn't in my life and she was there because of all of those things that happened to me and you know so yeah yeah, I'm just grateful for her she saved my life (laughs) oh absolutely what is your belief about seeing your grandmother again oh I'm definitely seeing her again yeah I'm I'm definitely seeing her again um as I said I had an alcoholic dad and actually I was pregnant with my second daughter with Natalie um, when he passed away from a brain aneurysm um, we didn't know anything about it he he was just left in a morgue in a hospital and I knew something was up like 
And then we we found him. We discovered him. He had no documents on him. Um, he had so after the aneurysm, he was paralyzed um, for a month, and that would that was his first time he was sober after thirty five years of continuous drinking. Um, so I felt his energy. And um, I, it was all of a sudden peace, right? Um, and I remember having a dream right after that. There's a reason why I'm telling the story. And um, it was basically my father who was like just the spirit of him. And he was telling me that he was very, very sorry. He realized in that month while he was paralyzed what he'd done. Um, he was very abusive, like. <laughs> Just, I'm not going to go through all, you know, the story. Um, but I remember being in a, like in this room with him and he was saying, because I asked him, oh, do you want a sandwich? And he was like, no, 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 I don't want a sandwich. I'm not hungry here anymore. And I remember like, gee, that's not me. He never turned food away. And I looked at him and he had like all these stars that were flowing out of his eyes. They were in, in like tears, but they weren't liquid tears. They were stars tears just, you know, flowing on his face. And, and I remember, and he wasn't, talking with his mouth we were just communicating mentally right and um and anyway i remember saying goodbye to him and telling him you know i forgive you for everything you've done you know i forgive you and i went in a different room sort of opening the door and door and grandma was there and we talked you know we sort of had a little conversation again just like mental and it's like you're looking at someone and they're not talking to you but you can hear them talk you know what i mean and you know she said um we'll see you at the next one you know and she she was sort of yeah we're waiting for the next life to have new experiences together and um yeah <laughs> as strange as that sounds so yeah. that gives me goosebumps. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Um, what has your grief taught you? My grief. What did my grief teach me? To be kind. Yeah, I think that's um, one thing that I've learned um, in the past few years, and I think I've changed so much since grandma passed away. Um, but one thing that constantly comes and one lesson that constantly comes is you never know what type of pain the other person goes through. So, you know, especially with COVID and, um, you know, with social media and there's a lot of bullying and, you know, people sort of, are angry all the time and you know my grief taught me that you can see someone just for example right at the shops and they're serving you and they're putting your food in your bags and then you can get upset with them for whatever reason right but you don't know what they're actually going through you know you you don't know maybe they've lost a child you know especially when i was with my own hospital i remember just you know or even after grandma passed away just walking and people everybody goes about their job right and you go about your job trying to hide all this pain that you've got 
And, you know, the way you react and the way you talk to people will affect them, you know, forever. So you have a choice to either affect them in, in a good way to change their life or their day or their minute, their second for the better, or to just, um, you know, be angry about whatever you're angry in the second and make them feel worse, essentially, right? So um, what I've learned, and I think for me, because grandma used to be like that, she used to be always kind with everyone. And um, for example, if I go to the shops or and, and something annoys me, something in particular annoys me, like I stop myself in that second and and I try to remind myself that person can go through something so terrible in their life right now I that I I know nothing about and for you know for them my being upset could be just so trivial so you know oh who cares um that I have a choice to personally make their life a little bit day day a little bit better or make it worse. So um, I usually just, you know, if I'm really annoyed with something, I won't say, but I'm, I'm trying to smile and, you know, to, I usually try and tell people, oh, you know, just like yourself, for example, uh, you have such a beautiful blouse. It actually reminds me of a Romanian blouse, you know, like with, with the red design on it. And then I really love your tiger jumper. Um, and, and you know, it, but that's straight away put the smile on your face. And it's not something that I make up, right? I actually really love. <laughs> I really love how you dress, you know, so. I can make a choice to what's in my mind in a bad way, or I can make a choice to tell the truth about what's in my mind about something beautiful about that person. So you can change, you know, um, the reality of people and your own reality, essentially. And, you know, at the end of the day, I'm giving this example with the cashier, you know, words or calls, doesn't matter. Um but, you know, at the end of the day, that person will be like, oh, my blouse looks nice today, or, you know, <laughs> my earrings look nice. And then the next person, they'll, you know, they'll, they'll serve next. They'll, they'll be so nice and kind and they'll smile. So I always think about the ripple effect of my own actions. So, you know, I can choose to, you know, to send a ripple effect of love or a ripple effect of anger and being upset. And, you know, at the end of the day, we're all just humans and we make mistakes. And, you know, those people, they go home and they have their own kids. And I mean, imagine if you had a horrible day at work going to, you know, to see your kids and everybody's hanging off of you, you know, wouldn't it make a better difference to actually, you know, have a smile on your face and say, oh, that's fine. We're going to get through it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So that's what, that's what grief taught me. And, um, you know, also I always try and think another thing, like, um, you know, the words you tell someone could be the last words they hear, you know? Um, and you don't know whether they're going to have an accident or, you know, um, mental health is a really big issue. So I don't want to tell people, oh, be careful. You might be someone's last drop in their full glass. Um, but, you know, the words you tell someone could be the last words they ever hear. So, yeah, mm. just be kind. Yeah, that's what yeah. grief taught me, to be a bit kinder. Mm. Mm. 
No, I love that. And, yeah, I love the ripple effects of choosing the pot. Yeah, it's like when you, you know when you throw a stone in the lake and it yeah. just makes yeah. big circles? That's the ripple yeah. effect. And then those big circles have their own little, little circles around. That's how I see it, yeah. Yeah. Uh, can, the stone can be a kind stone or it can be a, you know, you, you choose what kind of stone yes. you throw. Well, thank you so much. Yeah. Obviously, we're big fans of your work as well. Yeah. Like, yeah, oh, I love, thank you. I love seeing your feed and just new, new yeah. design popping up. And, yeah, you can feel, like, the energy yeah. and the, the personality yeah. almost. Oh, thank you. Like, that, that means a lot. And, um, you know, um, there are a lot of makers out there you know there, there are a lot of and now i would actually want to point out you know if my work doesn't resonate with some people that's fine you know if you you know if maybe there's some listener out there who you know likes the idea but they you know they look at my work but they don't feel like the energy collides you know um that's that's perfectly fine you know there are so many um makers out there there's so many other crafters um so, so much beautiful work around and i'm not the only one i'm not the original one uh as i said you know tipsy jewelry has been around for hundreds and hundreds of years um and you know you you find the people who resonate with your, their energy and if I have something to offer and if people feel like my energy um, fits them, then, you know, it's really good. But if they feel like the energy doesn't fit, that's good too. So <laughs> there's no expectation. <laughs> no, I, I also, yeah, I love the, just the love and the care and, um, yeah, just the way you go into the piece. Mm. I think that's really special. I so, think it's um I think too just your whole um outlook and outlook yeah. and your openness and that you you know when you've had those flashes from childhood you've connected them to something in the future and you mm. can tell that you are definitely in the right place and I think it's so special that you're in Australia too because yeah how um, lucky are we <laughs> you know I think this year in particular or the last two years in particular have um really highlighted that um you know perhaps in Australian culture we're not very open with um no. with death and with you know how you spoke about death being death and life are, they're interchangeable they are one um and no. I think tangible things and you know jewelry is something that we are has been in our in everybody's life that um yeah. something that they can identify with um to integrate uh, that life and yeah. death within something and something that is like you say on your skin um yeah. is yeah it's very very special mm. and um but you know that's why we're here right like we're changing the we're changing the expectancy the you know that um taboo sort of stigma around a lot of things that that's why we came here to talk about things and there's so many podcasts you know these days that you know to be honest this isn't just an australian thing you know there are um, a lot of countries in the world that they don't talk and we're 
I don't know. I, I, I think death is a bit like money. People don't want to talk about money, right? <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> true. Don't talk about death. Um, so, you know, we're, that's why we're here to change the conversation and to, to get people used to, um, you know, talking about death and, you know, um, the ways we can, you know, live our lives um, with it. In you know, in our minds, without thinking that oh, I'm going to die tomorrow and going down a you know a spiral staircase, um, you know, I, I would really like, for example, for people to talk to their loved ones. You know, let's just spend more time with the people we love. Um, you know, the old people, we can you know ask them questions. Um, write down their feelings and their thoughts and um you know it takes a few generations for any idea to get sort of lost right so maybe we're the generation that um changed the stigma around talking about death yeah maybe that's our purpose that's another purpose we have in life right it doesn't always have to be oh my purpose is to make jewelry <laughs> you know uh, maybe some people have um maybe some people have a job they don't particularly like but you know there, there's there, there could be things in their um, life they, they could talk about and change the stigma um around it you know you just have to find that courage you know to follow your you know, your, your dream, your passions, your, you know, sometimes even have to find the courage to just um, quieten your mind down and start listening to that inner voice. Um, you know, I'm actually not that special hearing voices and, you know, um, <laughs> I think a lot of people have this gift, but they just choose to close the door on it um because they're afraid of what other people might think um so and i was one of these people you know <laughs> so yeah it's everywhere in the world i, I really love a word in italian it's called tutto mondo paese which means the whole world is a whole country um so it doesn't matter where you're from um, what language you speak. If you understand English, it will probably be helpful to be able to, you know, listen to this podcast. <laughs> um, but, you know, um, start talking, yeah, about death and, you know, your experiences. And I think if we change our look on, you know, losing our loved ones instead of being something that we dread, um, we, we can, you know, sort of, Think, okay, let, let's learn something from it. What can what did we learn from the life? What you know, what experience did they have? For example, when you know I was little, I have lots of old photos, and I used to ask grandma, you know, who are these people who are tell me the stories? I, I always love, you know, talking about the stories. And you know, somehow those people are more alive because we talk about them, you know, rather than them being dead because they're not around anymore mm, yeah. so it's That's everything so is, yeah, very true. yeah yeah i think everything is um perception right just yeah yeah just change the narrative and then all of a sudden the, you know the same story um it's it's different yeah 
As we head towards Christmas and the closing of the year, we hope listening to Nicoletta helped open your heart to receiving all the love here on earth and from our loved ones beyond. If you would like to see Nicoletta's work, you can visit her via her website, www.keepsakesbynicoletta.com.au. You can also find her on Facebook and Instagram. The links are in our show notes. We would like to thank all of our listeners and guests for joining us in 2021. Creating this space for mothers to share is important and sacred. We hope that these stories have touched your heart, given you insight into grief in its complexity and its normality in our lives, given you hope, given you a little something from all the beautiful souls that watch over us here on earth. We wish you all of the love in your heart this Christmas.